to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations, and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Tourist season is in full bloom, thank God. I'm feeling just anything is better after that Aries season. That was really, that was a shocker, every moment of it. So, I'm just really feeling all of this, and I hope everyone had an absolutely beautiful Beltane or Samhain, depending on where you were in the world. Um, I love the outpouring of love that comes after the monthly medicine episodes. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kindness and for your lovely reviews. If you like this podcast, reviews help, subscriptions help. So, you know, if you feel inclined, go for it. Um... Yeah, I think I'm going to get right to it. My intros for my interviews used to be so long, and now it's like, why? So I have a guest today that I'm so excited. It was a real honor to have this person on, to hear her story, and to be able to be treated to her unbelievable wisdom and eloquence. It was a joy. Um, My guest on the podcast today is the amazing... Uh, Rashonda Tramble from Stay Woke Tarot. She is the creator of the blog Stay Woke Tarot. That's also her Instagram name. And essentially she reads and writes about tarot through the lens of um, medicine, of identity, her identity being a woman of color, through magic, through uh, like just the most beautiful. Um, she wrote this incredible piece to give you a feel for her writing, um, this incredible piece on Stay Woke Tarot about how to view life through the perspective of the lion in the strength card and how that related to her issues with with the term black girl magic. Um, She just recently wrote a piece on framing our money liberating our wallet with 10 tarot questions. And she wrote a very powerful piece on that is titled Mercury Retrograde, the Black History Month of the Esoteric World. Um, And another one uh, that's right next to it, so I can't help but say it, Queen of Swords, kill your story. I mean, her writing is really in a class by itself. It's so potent and powerful and deeply centered on her experience with tarot in the world and the experience of a woman of color. And it's so important and yet is incredibly accessible to anyone looking to the tarot for very rich and potent medicine. So it was a very high honor to have her sharing her story and her words with us today. Um, she herself, Rashanda, um, is she describes herself as an African-American immigrant living in Switzerland. She has a BA in film and a MA in creative media practice. She reads tarot cards and discovered tarot while she was a reporter for a local TV station in the States and was doing a story on alternative therapies with someone who is a Reiki practitioner and would not allow Rashonda to interview her until she'd read her cards. (laughs) Um, And in Rashonda's own words, quote, the reader didn't attempt to predict the future much, much to my chagrin, but what she did was something more valuable. She showed me how the tarot could be a visual psychic flow chart. So her offering, she reads, she writes, her offerings are multitudinous and she just brought so much beauty to this interview. And it was such a joy again, not to repeat myself, but a great joy to have her very excited for you to all hear it. Um, if you're interested, just a few kind of like housekeeping things before I kind of port you over to our interview. I just want anyone to know who would like to work more with the sword suit, If you've ever experienced fear, contraction, anxiety about the sword suit, I'm doing a little live virtual class on the swords. It's not little, it's it's like three hours, but um, it goes into the swords really in depth and there's time for Q&A and it's really aimed on dismantling um, fear and 
replacing that with empowerment <clears throat> around the swords. So if you're interested, that's taking place on May 26th. Um, so if you'd like to sign up for that, you can do so on my website. Link to that is in my in the liner notes of this podcast, or you can just visit my website and and just follow the steps to like tarot trainings and then to the swords class. And for anybody who's been thinking about getting a reading with me, I've been on sabbatical and I want everyone to know that my books are going to open back up for July on July until the winter, um, on May 29th at 12 PM, uh, Eastern standard time, my books will open. So if you've wanted to get a reading with me, uh, this is your first heads up. And if you don't care, it was just a minute out of your time. And now you won't have to hear it anymore. <laughs> so without further ado, um, I give you over to my sensational conversation with Rashonda Tremble of Stay Woke Tarot. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I am so delighted to have with me on the podcast today the amazing Rashonda Tremble, um, the creator of Stay Woke Tarot. Welcome, Rashonda. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. And it's an honor to be here. I oh. thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I'm excited. Oh, good. I'm incredibly excited and I was so excited when you said that you would come on. I'm, we are, we've discussed this now, but he, it's a big ad, mutual admiration society thing we have going on. Like I'm such a fan of your work and your writing. So it's my pleasure to have you. Um, well, thank you. The, and the feeling is mutual. So thanks very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, so Rashonda, uh, where were you born? I was uh, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. Nice. So I yeah I'm a southerner. Yeah yeah that's where I was born. I born like and raised there. Yeah. And when did you discover? Sometimes I will ask people their like literally where they were born and grew up because the access to magical things and tarot is uh, sometimes really out of reach depending on where someone grew up and sometimes really yeah. close. What was your experience in Memphis in terms of like all things tarot and esoteric. Oh my gosh. How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's interesting because, um, of course Memphis is the, uh, part of the buckle of the Bible belt, I guess you mm -hmm. could say, you know, people are, you know, saved, sanctified and washing the blood of the lamb and all that type of stuff. But, uh, and I don't mean to call it stuff. I mean, I, there are people out there that take it seriously. There are people in my family that take it seriously too. So a lot of respect for that. But in terms of access to the esoteric, it's sort of weird because when you grow up, uh, with family members in the church, you're, you're, you know, Southern Baptist Church, Missionary Baptist Church, and you're told that this type of stuff is, you know, it's bad, tarot's bad, this and that or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there is a magical aspect of, you know, the black church mm -hmm. in general. So that sort of, I had issues with that. But uh, I will say growing up in Memphis, there is sort of a, um, there's a magical spiritual aspect that is very like folkish. Mm. And I will say, especially with, uh, with my mom's family, it wasn't something that was, you, you didn't talk about it. it, especially now folks are like, who do this and who do that? I, when I was growing up and probably way before, you know, my mom's time, my dad's time, I, there were people who did those types of things, but they didn't go out and say, oh, I'm a hoodoo practitioner or something like that. So I guess to answer your question, you know, my experience with spirituality and esoteric world or whatever in Memphis, it wasn't there, but it was there. Yeah. It just wasn't spoken about. Um, another thing, though, is that I went to school. I, my My high school was in midtown memphis and i'm telling my age here and if anybody listening <laughs> is from memphis but there was a bookstore called mariston bookstore 
And they had a whole bunch of esoteric books and things that nature. And this was back like in, I don't know, um, sorry, 1987, 88, something like that. And I would go there. And there was also uh, in Memphis, you have a lot of um, bookstores that focused on, you know, black spirituality and African spirituality, things that nature, sort of that movement. So you had those two. So I did have some type of access to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't wide, but I did have some some, you know, as I was growing up and when I was in high school. Mm. And then when did you, was there a very specific time when you kind of discovered tarot or was it sort of more over a period of time? And how did you get your first deck? Oh my goodness. Now that's the story too. Actually, I I got my, yeah, I got my first deck when I was in North Carolina, I was working for a, a uh, my background is in media, TV, radio, uh, that field. Mm-hmm. And I was working for a TV station in North Carolina and we were doing us, we were trying to do a story on, I mean, to this day, I cannot remember if we even wound up doing a story on it, but it was like, um, alternative practices, things of that nature. And some type of, I don't even think the story ran because of course, you know, it was North Carolina, but um, <laughs> we were doing footwork on it. And I found a uh, woman who's a Reiki master and she was an older woman in North Carolina. And I called her to see if she would, you know, could we interview her for the story? And she said, uh, not unless I read your cards. And I was like, huh, what? Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, and I, I, you know, I was somewhat open to that type of thing, but of course I was working, but on the other hand, I wanted to get the story. So I said, okay, let me let this woman do my cards. And, you know, just as long as she says yes to the interview, I don't care. And so I, you know, went to see her to do like a pre-interview and she did my cards. And that was like, uh, that was the first instance of, of someone doing a reading for me. And that was a good, uh, I don't know, that was what, uh, 1994, 1995, oh, something wow. like that. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's when she, and, and, uh, when she did the reading, I was like, wow, this is okay. This is pretty cool. So that was my first instance of it. Now my first deck also came along with that because, um, when we thought we would run the story, I needed a prop. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I needed a prop and um, I needed a deck of tarot cards for the prop for the story. And so I, I, I know people say you're not supposed to buy your own cards, your own deck or whatever. But I went out and bought this, uh, bought a deck of cards to use as a prop. And then as I started, you know, actually feeling the cards and looking through the artwork or whatever, I said, wow, I actually, I actually like this deck. Mm-hmm. And um, when it came time to... Uh, um, uh, get reimbursed by the station for the cards, you know, the, the person I had to do the reimbursement with said, okay, you're going to have to give us a deck if we reimburse you. And I said, you know what, I'll keep the deck. Mm. Yeah. And that's, and that's how that happened. And the deck is the deck I still use today. I, uh, use it a lot on Instagram. It's the back time, back when it came out, it was called the Renaissance tarot. Mm. Now it's called the secret tarot and, and, uh, I believe they changed the name because there was another deck that was called the Renaissance tarot. And this deck is by Helen Jones and Jane Lyle. And it is absolutely beautiful. I love it. I, uh, it's, it's worn, it's old, but mm-hmm. I love it. So that's, that's the story of my first deck. I got it really as part of my job. So I think I was sort of, you know, we were meant to be together, me and this deck And then that's how I started even collecting decks. Uh, Mm -hmm. When I would travel and go to different towns, you know, some people buy souvenirs. I would try to buy a tarot deck. I love that. From the town, wherever I I would go, just as something to to remember that journey by. I love it. That's great. So you've been essentially... Uh, working with tarot since the mid nineties and, and exploring it in that way. Yes. Yes. Great. And when did you, what was your journey? Because that's, it's such, I mean, it's an honor to talk to you period, but I have just, um, such respect for people who were already just 
learning at that time pre-internet and pre-resources in that way. Well, I guess that wasn't really pre-internet. Somewhat it was. I mean, I I didn't get on the internet until I did my first blog in 1998, 1999. Oh, we're going to talk so much about that. Your writing is unbelievable. But (laughs) where where did you begin in terms of saying... You know, because every reader's story is like so different and and equally fascinating and worthy. Were you called to reach out to and to like a human teacher to help you? Did were you drawn to books or did you kind of just allow yourself the space and freedom to say like, I'm going to play with these and I'm going to let them wash over me and I'm going to see what I think. Well, first I was first I was drawn to books um, because I'm a nerd. So I was, yeah, I was drawn to books and I would go to old bookstores just to see if I could find something on tarot and, you know, really back before, you know, Abe books and things that nature, Mm -hmm. it was, it was hard to find these special books and I would just, uh, I'd find what I could. And then it got to the point where I just said, okay, let me see if I can do this myself. Uh, and I just sort of trusted my own instincts and then as sort of just to, you know, shore up my own knowledge, I would, um, I, I, I would, you know, read or do whatever. What also helped me was when I moved here, when I moved to Europe, I joined, uh, the Tarot Association of the British Isles. I joined Tabby. Nice. That was a huge, huge, huge help. Um, And even, you know, it was before you had all of these groups and online groups or whatever, and you just had Tabby and you had the email or whatever. And it was, um, you have a lot of great people in there and the course that they have is really good. And that helped me, that helped me to sort of short my knowledge in tarot. Mm, That's great. And then, um, so it's been just this potent learning and gaining over time for you in terms of becoming acquainted with the cards. I think it was, um, it wasn't just becoming acquainted with the cards. I think, I think of tarot as a tool. Uh, it's just a tool that I use for, I guess you could say personal divination and to work things out. I mean, if somebody wants to use, I don't know, tea leaves, chicken bones or whatever, but I think my knowledge of tarot and how I use tarot grew as I, you know, as I became an adult, Mm. I think it just went hand in hand. So I'm not sure if I can say, oh, my quote unquote knowledge of tarot was just so great and fabulous. And through the use of tarot, I think how I worked on myself and it just so happens I use tarot as a tool that as I worked on myself and tried to become a more, you know, decent human being or whatever. Mm -hmm. And by using tarot, that sort of helped my tarot practice grow. Let's just put it like that. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And it's just once again, um, beautiful and affirming because what it seems like I'm hearing you say is, as you grew and allow the tarot to be a mirror for your growth or whatever was going on, it only continued to foster more expansion and evolution in whatever you were Thank going you through. Thank you for saying that. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was trying to say. Thank you. Yeah, it was a mirror. It was, yeah. it, it was a mirror of what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And I love folks. I mean, I love all folks that I, I interview and I love all tarot readers, really. Um, but there's something really special about um, getting the chance to speak to someone who learns like that, because I don't think everyone learns like that or allows themselves to learn like that. Um, let's it be this exchange. Um, it was a fight, though. It mm. wasn't like I start. I didn't I didn't start out that way. Um it was a fight to learn to trust myself, um, to trust my intuition, to, you know, look at the cards and look at these situations that I was dealing with and use those cards 
to, um, as you said, as, as a mirror and to give me the chance to look at a situation and say, ah, okay, this is what's going on. Or this image, this image provokes something. Or why did I just get pissed off when I pulled the Empress card as we mm -hmm. talked about that? So it, it's that, so it, I, I didn't, I wasn't this evolved human being using tarot, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's the thing. It just I grew in in my in my practice group. Um, and when did you flow into a space of doing readings for others? Oh wow, um, that happened really by accident. It always uh, does, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah. 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 No it, plan it in that one. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's why, you know, I, uh, I honor people and I am impressed when people say, you know what, I want to read professionally and they set out and they have this plan or whatever. Me and I'm like, too. wow, I wish, I wish I could have done that. No. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I, I would read for friends. Um, even way, way before when I would, it, it would be, it, it's funny because I would mention, you know, Hey, I, you know, I collect tarot decks and I read tarot cards and I'd mention it to people and they say, Oh yeah, I'm skeptical. And they, they would be skeptical about it. But then they say, you know, can you just, can you do a reading for me? Just so I can see <laughs> just like one card, just you know? Card. Yeah. Can you just pull just one card? I just want to see, you know? And so that, that, that's basically how, how we go. So yeah, it started, um, it started by accident. And the, the thing is that I would carry my deck around, uh, in my bag mm. and I would have, uh, like if I would go to dinner with friends or have coffee with friends and they would be talking about, you know, an issue or, or problem or something like that. And I would say, you know what? I got my deck. You want me to do a reading? And they say, yeah, sure. And then they would say, you know, you really should do this professionally. And I would say, really? But I'm having so much fun with it. And that's one thing I, mm. I fought, I fought even, you know, doing this, um, you know, I, I finally start put, put up, you know, uh, a thing to do readings and get paid for doing readings online. But I fought it because I felt as if I would be corrupting something. I felt bad mm. because I think, you know, gosh, I, this is so horrid for me to say, but I would think, wow, I like doing this. Should I get paid for it? I this get is so it. Yeah. And, and so I was like, I, gosh, I feel bad getting paid for it. Wow. And so that's basically how it happened when, um, you know, my friend started saying, look, you are putting time and, in, in, in your, your worth into this. It's obvious that, you know, you've got a talent and there needs to be some type of energy exchange. Yeah. And that's how, that's how that happened. Mm, amazing. That's great. And then now to kind of shift gears, <clears throat> but sort of not, mm -hmm. um, I, I spoke about this like in your podcast intro, but your blog is just, I mean, truly one of the best out there. So exemplary. Um, just your writing is, it's really exquisite. And the things that you write about are exquisite and so thoughtful. And I love it. <laughs> so, wow, thank you so much. Thanks. You are so welcome. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to ask you a thousand questions about Stay Woke and about your blog, but that's fine. Yeah. You mentioned that you started blogging in 98, and I would love, yep. yeah. And I would love, and, I feel like what I'm about to ask is a bit of a silly question, but you're such a beautiful writer. Have you always been, have you always, you must have always been a writer. Yes. Have you always? I, I have re really as since a kid. Yeah. Since I was a kid, uh, I was the precocious, arrogant kid that would send in letters to the editor. I'm here for that. Of the, yeah, of the news. I mean, I'm talking like 10, 11, 12 years old wow. and I'm writing letters to the editor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I, um, yeah, I've always written. I, I, I still hesitate to call myself a writer. Mm -hmm. Uh, again, it goes into that. Wow. This is something I like. Should I actually call myself a writer? You know, mm -hmm. that's the thing. But, um, 
it's the best way that I can sort of express myself in a way that that hopefully somebody will understand me. And that's mm-hmm. another thing about my uh, about my blog. I didn't. I didn't start it to be, oh, I'm going to be this tarot blog person. I started it because I had these things I just so wanted to get out. And, you know, as I was getting older and, 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 and things that I had been thinking about for most of my life and, you know, about, um, even things that had helped me back. And I was wondering, can I write something and maybe help someone, who's going through the same thing. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I can curse on your podcast. Can I welcome? Okay. You know, my, one of the things I would say is, you know, I fucked up so you wouldn't have to. And so I, 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 I write about particular things on there and my feelings and, you know, especially, um, you know, if you want to find out really who you are, move to a place where nobody looks like you, nobody mm. did. And, and, and that pulls out a lot of things in you. And tarot also helped me examine that and examine what I thought about myself. And so that's where the blog came from. There were just things I wanted to get out, not just to help myself, but to help others too. I actually created this thing really in a bubble. I didn't think anyone would, you know, read it. I just mm. said, you know, um, I'll just, you know, you throw spaghetti on the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. And that's what this, and that's what the blog is. And did you start your, the, the blog that you currently have in 98? No, 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 no. The, uh, <laughs> no, I started. I figured I, not, but I was like, did she? Nah, <laughs> nah, 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 no, I start. Oh gosh. I've had some semblance of a blog since 1998, 1999. I would do that sucker notepad. I would code. Into it. Note, yeah. I would code notepad and then, you know, open a sucker up in my browser to see what it looked like. So yeah, I've been blogging for a while now. Stay woke tarot. I think I've had that up for maybe I don't know. I don't even know. Maybe, uh, I got the domain maybe about two or three years ago. Yeah. And I said, I let me go ahead and say, yeah, let me go ahead and just do something with it. And, and yeah, that's how that happened. Beautiful. So this is just the evolution of my, my, my blogging persona, I guess you could say. I'm here for it. And you lay this out quite beautifully in your, um, in your about, page, which is you delineated why you chose the phrase stay woke tarot. Um, and you spoke about, um, a speech given by Dr. Martin Luther King at Stanford remaining awake through a great revolution. And I had Mm -hmm. never heard of that. Um, and it was amazing. Um, and the piece that you picked out, uh, that you write about on, this, um, on this part of your website where you delineate, um, the example of Rip Van Winkle thinking after he wakes up from his nap that he sees King George II and it's really George Washington was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so fucking powerful and crazy, like super chills because you think that, you know, that phrase is very evocative, stay woke. And you just think like, Oh, Somehow I just didn't even think about it. And when it was on your website, I thought, what what I'd like to see, actually. And it was Mm -hmm. so powerful. Um, And yeah, it it just maybe I said it all, but I would love for you to share, you know, sort of when you when this name came to you, what was important to you about um, being so clear with. um, Okay. Yeah, go ahead. With with stay woke, the the thing is, is that um, I know that that phrase is very popular now, but it's not new. It's been around yeah. at least I I've I've heard it for a long time. You know, stay woke, stay woke, stay woke, or even the concept itself. Um, you know, I even think uh, um, I think even Spike Lee referred to uh, referred to it at uh, in. Uh, in one of his movies or whatever, long, 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 long time ago. And my, my view of stay woke and what that means, yes, it does come from 
uh, Dr. King's speech. That's one thing, you know, not missing the revolution, not missing what things are going on, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping your keeping your eyes open. So that's one thing about staying woke, about being aware. The other thing about staying woke that I, I feel is very important and that how tarot can help is, you know, figuring out why you do the things you do. Why do I do the things I do? Um, a lot of things for me, they do have a political connection because of how I was raised and because coming from Memphis, even down to the point of, you know, you know, colorism, you know, being a dark skinned black woman and, you know, okay, why am I buying, you know, this product or that product or whatever, what am I fighting against? Not to say that everyone who buys a beauty product or whatever, that's not it. But just in my point of view, why do I have to, you know, go above and beyond the call of duty and go broke almost buying new clothes or whatever, trying to impress people when I walk into uh, an office you know, why do I think I have to look 150% better? Why do I have feel like I have to be 150% better? And through that, I'm, I was wearing myself the hell out. Mm-hmm. Being aware of that too, the reasons why, what these, these um, I don't want to say lies that society puts in front of you, but there's, you know, you've got advertising, you've got all this stuff going on and it has a subliminal effect. And that's also what staying woke being aware is about getting to the point where you can, I don't know, pick up a Vogue magazine and see a model that's eight feet tall or whatever. And, you know, go, okay, good for her, you know, good. Mm -hmm. She got that job or whatever, but, but not, not get so, oh my gosh, this is, you know, it's, it's really, really affecting me. It's whatever. And another reason is that, you know, I was in TV Mm-hmm. And, you know, being on camera because I was a producer, but I was also on camera, you know, you've got people calling up saying anything and everything about you. Mm. And so, so you have to be aware of your own self, or at least I, I, I don't know how it is now because when I was in TV it was such a long time ago, but you know, so that doesn't get to you also. So that's also what being aware and what staying woke is about. It's sort of, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I view it. All the sense in the world. It's mm-hmm. super powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. When did the moment come when you thought to yourself, stay woke tarot is not just a website. This is a place for me to share my thoughts, my viewpoints, my teachings on the tarot. Oh, you know, I, <sighs> I don't know if I ever had that thought Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I, 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 I sort of shy away from calling myself a teacher. Maybe I'm a sharer or something, but I never had this, this moment where, Oh, this is where I can, you know, Mm -hmm. put everything out there and be this, this teacher. I think it's more of a, yeah, it's more of a share. It's more of putting my experiences out there and just putting the words on the screen and saying to myself, okay, if somebody needs this, if somebody needs this, you know, medicine, as you like to say, then, hey, it's here. Right. It's just an act of service and tithing. Yes, that's exactly. I mean, I, 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 I I just hope and pray that, you know, there's someone, maybe there's someone out there who, you know, is having issues in terms of body image or whatever, you know, and I wrote about Mm -hmm. that or is having issues with, um, you know, I've got issues with black girl magic, you know, they read the post on that and they can feel as if, okay, I'm not alone because that's another thing too, especially with, um, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but if you have an opinion that sort of goes against what everyone else is saying, you know, you, you may be afraid to put it out there, 
when I wrote about black girl magic and how I was not into black girl magic and how I didn't really like it, I was afraid to write that post because Mm. I didn't want someone jumping on me. You know, how can you say that? But hopefully they understood, um, you know, what I meant. Um, you know, hopefully they, 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 they talked about it and I can't, I can't remember if I did the post or if I did it, uh, on Twitter, I can't really remember, but you know, I was, I I wasn't into this black girl magic Mm. because black women, we work ourselves so freaking hard that, you know, it gets to the point where the, the black girl magic may kill you. I know I wrote it in strength. Uh, the one about the lion. I have so much to say about that exact piece. I have so much to say. Like it It was that one. Yeah. I, I knew exactly like it, that piece is unbelievable, but yeah. And I, I, I so, um, I can't identify, of course, I'm not a person of color, but this has been something that I've seen, you know, Leila Saad write about just like black women are allowed to be normal people. Like they don't yeah. have to be these super women. Like they're. Ex- yeah. And I, that's exactly. And that's the thing I had with, you know, again, my fear of putting an unpopular, popular opinion out there, mm-hmm. you know, this black girl magic and, Oh, this woman works 12 hours a day. And, you know, she's a single mom and she's doing it in the, the, the corporate boardroom. And yeah, that's black girl magic. I'm like, no, that's burnout. Mm-hmm. That's a burnout candidate. You know, nothing wrong with for anyone. Yeah, for, that's for anyone. Exactly. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you want to push yourself, you want to be successful, but Again, the reason why I wrote that is because, you know, on social media, there were so many people applauding black girl magic, but then there were some of us that were just freaking tired. And it's like, you know, that's really great, but you know, dang, I need a nap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And exactly. I think I even wrote that in there and people did write me about that and said, you know, thank you for saying that. That's That's the reason why I, I write things like that. Yeah. Just yeah. to show people, you know what, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that post that you're speaking about, which is a, it's so um, so eloquently and powerfully put around, you know, really bringing some light to how black girl magic can feel, I'm sure, for a lot of women of color out there. But For anyone who uh, we're going to have a link to this exact post in um, Roshenda's like the liner notes for her episode, because this particular post was the one that um, like incentivized me to email you, actually, because it brought me uh, really to my knees. And in this post, Roshenda talks about many things, but it's called strength, Leo and the vulnerable lion. And through this lens of exploring the term black girl magic and what it is to, to be tired, what it is to be like weary and need a nap in, in many, you know, you put it so eloquently, what it is to, um, slip into the medicine of the strength card from the view of the lion rather than the woman and to allow the jaws to be opened and to know the power that's contained within teeth and jaws and to let there be a letting go. Um, even as a woman who is not a woman of color, I was floored and, and so moved. It was such a universal statement to, that card in a way I'd never seen before. Just it, the what it is to look at the medicine of the lion and of surrender and of letting go and how multifaceted it can be. Because I think, I mean, this is sort of weaving onto a slightly different like iteration. It's like ticking the dial a little bit. I think that I I think that there are a lot of folks who put a lot of pressure on themselves to like walk through the most insane fire when they work with the strength card. And it was such, I mean, I'm being a little, like, I know that I'm being a little over the top with my words, but it just really blew me away and was so moving. It made me cry. And, um, it was such a, it was such an epic teaching and I find your blog and especially your Instagram are just full of these, ways of viewing the cards through the lens view of life 
and through the lens view of how these cards can be this beautiful um just, I understand. Yeah, yeah just it's just like, all there. And that's what I, I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but I interrupt away. I was yapping. uh, No, it's okay. But that, that's, I, you know, sometimes I think in the, in the spiritual world and those of us who are spiritual practitioners, we kind of esoteric ourselves out of, Mm -hmm. you know, real life. And sometimes when we present things um, you know, we can get all highfalutin and use all these nice words or whatever, but sometimes we got to just break it down to life. Yeah. You know, things we're going, you know, um, you know, even with me in terms of, uh, budgeting and then this is getting back to stay woke. Um, uh, I had to think about why am I buying this stuff? You know, particular things I was buying. Mm-hmm. Why am I buying, you know, um, why am I buying all these high heel shoes or whatever, trying to impress people when I know I got bunions and my feet hurt, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, what am I, what am I trying to do? And, yeah. you know, pull a tarot card, you know, see mm-hmm. what's going on with that. That's what I, that's what I mean in terms of, you know, staying woke, staying aware. Why are you, why, why, why are you doing this? Yes. So yeah, that, that goes into it. But yeah, that post was, um, I had, I don't know. I don't know if I'd seen something. It was all also things that I was, you know, going through, um, where I just said, you know what? I can't, I can't get up and go rah, rah, rah anymore. And a lot, of, it's very interesting because, uh, I think I even talk about in the post, if you looked at my resume and what I've done or whatever, you would think, oh my gosh, she's, she's doing it. She's great. She's fabulous. But then I've had people really, really close to me who also know what I've done. They've seen my resume too. And they go, you know what? You've got to be exhausted. Mm. You know, when was the last time you just took a, you know, can you take a break? Can you whatever? (laughs) So yeah. So that's the thing. Um, yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Well, it, that's just one. And I, and the simplicity and the power of what you're sharing with regard to the tarot is so, it's just really awesome. That's just these little moments of staying awake, these little mm-hmm. moments of remaining awake and mindful when we would fall back into old patterns and fall back into, it's just such a wonderful way to, it opens up the phrase, stay woke into just so many beautiful ways of Mm -hmm. thinking about what it is to keep our eyes open. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Um, have you ever thought about writing a book about that? (laughs) You're, you're like the fourth person that's asked me, you know what? I, I, I have thought about it. If, um, you know, if, if, someone's interested is it there's a publisher some money (laughs) no uh give me an advance or something whatever you know yeah I mean I would love to do that I have um I had said to myself that you know I'm going to write a book or something before I turn 50 I don't have that much longer to go (laughs) I guess (laughs) Let's just say I got I got about two years, so I need to get on the stick. Um, <laughs> you know, hey, to deny your age is to deny you survive. So yeah, so yeah, mm-hmm. I've told my age everybody. But um, yeah, I have thought about doing it, and who knows? Maybe you know when I get a when I get a chance, yep. you know, I'll put that book uh, book proposal together and let's see what happens. Hey. But yeah, I, I would like to do something in terms of using tarot just for daily freaking life. You know, why can't I get my budget together? Okay, here you go. You know, let's talk about some cards for that. Um, yeah. I love it. Anyone listening to this who can give Rashonda a book deal, do it. Hey, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. She's available. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, I got a job, but I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. Meaning energetically available. (laughs) (laughs) energetically available to have a conversation. Yes, um, we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah. Do you have um 
this is such a, it's a bit of a goofy question. It's like a goofy interview question, but do you have a favorite card? Do you have like a card that just is oh. your one and only? Oh, oh. Um, I, I've mentioned this quite a bit. The death card, actually. I like mm-hmm. the death card. I also like the tower card. And I guess because my life, life's motto or one of them is, you know, the only thing constant is change. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, um, death, both, you know, literally and, and, and figuratively, you know, it, it has meant quite a bit for me. You know, I think, uh, you know, you know, and I shared on Instagram, you know, I lost my mom in February, you know, my mom passed, she had, uh, she had breast cancer and it metastasized to her brain. And she actually passed the day after my birthday. Mm. And so for, for me, that was sort of, I mean, her death, you know, it is, I mean, when you lose a parent and then that's, that was, you know, my, my, my dad died in 2006. So she, that was it in terms Mm -hmm. of the people that made me, she has passed on. So in terms of death, there is that, but also in terms of death, there is this rebirth in a sense. I even just, uh, pushed the button on my newsletter about an hour and a half ago saying that her death and the fact that both of my parents are gone now. Yes, it's sad, but it also gives me the chance to, to figure out who I am without the parental Mm. ancestor training wheels. Wow. Potent. That's what the, that's what, what death means to me. It's, it's the chance for a, a rebirth in whatever way you, you see that. And so that's sort of like my favorite card. And also the tower goes along with that because Mm -hmm. for me, it's like the, you know, it's the, the, the blowing up of, you know, or the destruction of maybe it's, it's this idea that you had and that you were holding on to. It could also have been a life that you were holding on to, that you thought that that was it. You thought it couldn't get any better or whatever. And then when you lose everything, you know, and I have been in situations where I've lost a lot, it has given me a chance to see just how, you know, okay, I've got what it takes to pick myself back up, you know, to get myself going again and get my career back, you know, going again. Mm -hmm. So those two cards, death and, and tower, they mean new beginnings for me, actually. I'm here for it. And I love anytime I think there can be a destigmatizing of the tower. Um, um, it's so important because I think I, I wonder if you, I must, I, I'm going to guess that you agree with this, but maybe you don't, who knows? <clears throat> um, the more times I think you can let yourself go through the tower whether it be small or big or whatever, the more there begins to be this trust and, an, and this welcoming that gets developed in us that says like, I know what it is to see this through to the other side. And I know what can grow from the burning. And I, I, I totally agree with right? that. And I, yeah. I too really, uh, love, I, I enjoy uh, I don't always enjoy the experience of being in the tower, like chemically, but I really appreciate the medicine that it brings. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, for me, I even, you, you know how, like when kids are playing, um, oh my gosh, what is this game with the blocks? Is it called Jenga or something oh, yeah, like that? Yeah, and, totally. That's, yep. And then, you know, you're pulling your pull and then, you know, it's almost like you're when you're a kid and it falls and you laugh, and you go, wow, look at that. And you just start building it again. Yeah. And you sort of just look at that as a, as, as a child, almost when your tower falls. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Love it. What card do you feel like at this current moment you sense that you are transiting in or moving through right now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Actually, 
probably, I would say the Empress, but I probably moved on from that. Now I'm at, at Judgment. And that's Ooh. actually been a, a transiting card for a long time. Mm. You, Judgment. You um, share such a beautiful piece about that on your blog. Could you share a little bit about what Judgment means to you and your journey with it? My journey with it was, um, well, I, th- I did a, a video. Um, it was during... I think it was National Tarot Day or International Tarot Day mm-hmm. or something like that. And I talked about it. So, yeah, it is on a blog, but there's a video about it, too. And when I when I pull the judgment card, I always think of um, the situation when I was in the fourth grade. And just to I mean, just to give some background, I was known as this nerdy, gifted kid. And I. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I had taken this test or something. I was in this, in, in this woman's, uh, class and I'd taken this test and I think it was a math test and I screwed it up. I just Mm. screwed it up totally. And this woman, the teacher was one of these old school teachers who would, you know, call out the person's the, the the student's name and then the grade that they got now probably if they did it today they get sued but back during that time <laughs> they, they they did it and so i remember her um you know standing there and she said you know miss tramble and she said um you got a c and then she said you know something like you know everyone in the school talked about how smart you were <gasps> and you're one of the top students but what? you know what you're just as dumb as everybody else, you know? And, Whoa. and yeah. And I was in the fourth grade and God, that I know, I know, I know, but you know what? Now I think she had some stuff going on anyway, bless her heart. That's Clearly, all I got. Yes. But, yeah, I get, but that sort of, that, that used to be my take on mm. judgment when I would, cause I was so, um, uh, uh, that word judgment even made my stomach sort of bind up or whatever. And so it, it used to be that I thought of it as a, a negative card or a card I really didn't like. Yeah. Now it's getting to the point where, um, judgment doesn't mean that for me, it doesn't mean someone is judging myself. It also means, you know, knowing and being able to discern for yourself, you know, either situations um, you know, ways you think about yourself being able to, you know, if you are being hard and judgmental on yourself, being aware as to why we're getting back to the stay woke and being aware, okay, mm-hmm. why am I so hard on myself in terms of my hair? You know, mm-hmm. my hair does its own thing. Why am I being so hard on myself about my hair? Why am I being so hard on myself or judging myself because of this? So now I sort of see it as a, um, I try to see it as a tool that I'm sort of transiting through, I guess, you know, cause even, I mean, I'm still working on myself. Yeah. There's still little nooks and crannies of my soul that I think, okay, Oh, do I really want to light to shine on this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I do, what's the issue? Why am I having problems in this area of my life? Mm-hmm. So that has, you know, so that card is sort of if, um, what I'm transiting through, I guess you could say. Mm, gorgeous. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what has been the card for you? And maybe it's one, maybe it's a few that maybe hasn't been the most challenging or difficult, but has been the one that maybe in this marriage of 78 cards has been the one that you've had to work to develop chemistry with or to develop a rapport with? Oh, it's a couple. Cause probably the, it's the judgment card. Mm-hmm. Um, also, well, of course the, the Empress, and I think a lot of people have issues with the Empress, probably the top one would be, Hmm. That's a good question. And I'm sort of, I'm looking through my deck now. Probably it would be the high priestess. Wow. Tell me more. The, I, I think one of my issues with the high priestess is that, um, 
again, it's me working on myself. And I'll be honest with you, the fact that I am embarrassed to say that I am still working on trusting my intuition. I joined the club (laughs) right there with you. Yeah, I hear you. And so the high priestess sort of, it, 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 um, she represents, you know, intuition, this sort of hidden knowledge, you know, not, um, you know, being outlandish or anything with your knowledge. And I think, I think of the high priestess as, I'll be honest, someone that I would love to be, but I don't think I'm there yet. And maybe it's just a jealousy. Yeah. I, I really resonate with that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. And also I have, I, I I've been afraid to even think of myself that I could even have those types of qualities, that I could even have the character of the high priestess. So it's sort of this love hate relationship with that card. Mm. I really, I really want to applaud you for your courage to say that because I think, and it's so funny, the, the woman that I, I also, um, did another interview not that long ago, uh, just a little while ago. And we spoke about almost the exact same thing about how she's like that. It's her job. She reads tarot for her living right now. And she mentioned something to the effect of I'm still working on trusting my intuition. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, and, Mm -hmm. and it's odd to say that because there's something for some reason in this, in this, um, in this area of our sharing our work and offering readings and also being like eternal, infinite students, there's something in this where there's not always that permission to feel safe to say, I'm not sure that I completely see myself or identify in this archetype that apparently I'm supposed to be or that other people seem to feel so comfortable being or that I'd like to be. And there's just something so refreshing about that because I think you bring voice to so many, myself included, because I don't feel like even when I look out on other people's like photos of themselves, I'm like, I don't see myself in that, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it has also, I mean, the high priestess has also, um, you know, it has made me examine like my Instagram envy, you know, Mm -hmm. I see people looking like, you know, like high priestesses, like they've got it all together and this and that or whatever. And, you know, I won't get into the, you know, if it's true or not, but it used to be my initial reaction would be, who do you think they are? Who she think she is? You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's that, you know, my, you know, now I'm like, you know what, if she wants to, if she has that power, rock it, you know, if he has that power, let, let him rock it. That's fine. That has, that takes nothing away from me. As a matter of fact, hopefully I can get to that level. So, so the high priestess sort of brings out two things in me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now, just to say, not that, not that it's required, but you're pretty high priestessy. I'll tell you that. Oh, good God! Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, high priestess is like high priestess is like the keeper of knowledge, and you are that, if anything. Oh, your your check is in the mail. Thank you, <laughs> girl. I'm doing this shit for free, so okay, I'm right. just saying. <laughs> like, but I, I that doesn't matter. It doesn't. I mean, I'm sure it's nice to hear, but it doesn't matter because the felt experience is what deserves to be honored, you know, and that that's so real and welcome and appreciated that you would share that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the thing with that card. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've really just given voice to so many, you know, um, and lastly, before I, I, I was wondering if you had, any kind of, and actually this is a, 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 such a ridiculous question because you've shared like 80 of them already, but oh if God, you okay. have a, a medicine story to share about a card and that can be, um, any card, it could be something that you have 
discovered along the way in terms of reading for others or yourself about a card that, again, you've shared so many um, anecdotes that really it's all been medicine. But I'm curious if you have a particular card that you've been through an experience of really all of a sudden waking up and saying like, whoa, that's a part of this card I never even thought of before. Or wow, like here this is about this one or whatever, something like that. Hmm. I mean, I could go back to my experience with the high priestess and it's about, um, I'm here. For I mean, that. I don't know. Can I, can I just talk about that? Yes. Okay. Let's, let's pull it apart. I would love okay. that. It, it's, it's not really about the card itself, but it's about an experience that I had, um, that sort of helps it. it it's where I want to be and mm-hmm. uh hopefully we we still have time hopefully we I, have I won't plenty take we have plenty of okay. time and you can take all the time you want <laughs> okay. okay so a, a, a couple of years ago i was in uh i was in bali and i went to see a woman by the name of i think her name was nikki kasapi or kasapi i can't get her name straight but she's a healer I think she does Reiki and she does all this other, all a whole bunch of other things. And so I was talking to a, uh, a friend that I was traveling with at least for a portion of my trip in Bali about, you know, I like to go see, um, you know, someone you know, like a healer or something while I'm here. And she said, you need to go see Nick. I think her name, Nikki Kasapian. I think that's, that's um, the person I, I, I'll, I'll look it up later. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, when I went to see her, she asked me, uh, okay, why are you here? And I, you know, I told her about, you know, things that are going on in my life. And I said, you know, what I really want is to be able to see myself the way my dad saw me. Mm. And my dad was, you know, people would tease me about my looks when I was younger and, and all this stuff or whatever. But my dad would always say, you know what? You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You get, and, and, and he wouldn't say it just to only make her feel better. He actually, he actually meant it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he lost his mother when he was three years old. And so he would always tell me, you know, people would tell me how my mom looked. And, you know, when I think about my mom, you know, I, I think about, you know, what does she look like you or whatever. So it, it, in terms of my, my getting my, my selfish self-confidence out, my dad was very, um, he was really important. So getting back to the Bali thing, this is what I told the woman who was going to do this healing thing on me. And to make a long story short, uh, I went into she got me up on her table and I went into some type of trance or this or whatever Mm. as I was meditating. And in this meditation, I was, I kid you not. Uh, it was as if I was right there. I was walking into a temple. And as I walked into that temple, there was like these orange and red beamers, uh, not beamers, orange and red streams coming down like a fabric. And Mm. they had these medallions on them and they were just fluttering in the wind. And I'm walking through this temple and up on this pedestal, I see this gold statue that is just turning, 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 turning really, really fast. And so I start climbing this pedestal, all of these stairs all of these stairs to get to this statue that's spinning, 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 and it's gold and it's spinning. And as I get to the top, it starts slowing down. Mm. Now, remember I had told this woman, I just want to be able to see myself the way my dad's, you know, saw me. Mm. So I'm walking up the stairs in this meditation and this statue on top of this pedestal is starting to slow down, starting to slow down, starting to slow down as I get to the top and it's this gold statue that's almost like a a Buddha. Mm -hmm. And when it stops and I look at the face, I see my face Mm -hmm. in this meditation. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of 
the the when I think of the high priestess and I want to get to the point of that I see myself like that, that I see myself as a high priestess, not as someone going around, you know, with an asame or whatever, but just like that as, you know, hey, you are worthy of whatever. And I think that goes back into my, my love hate relationship with the high priestess, because mm-hmm. I want to get to that point. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's sort oh, of what I thought of when you, did. Oh my God, yeah. it was <laughs> when, so epic. <laughs> yeah. When, when you mentioned that, but yeah, that happened, uh, when, when she, she put me in that trance or I put myself in a trance or a meditation. I don't know how that wow. happened, but that's what I saw. And then I said, well, okay, if, if this is how my dad, you know, saw me or, or, or sees me, you know, cause he had passed on. Okay. You know, let me try to get to that goal. Not where I am a high priestess or whatever, but I, I just see myself as, as worthy of love, worthy of respect, you know, no matter what, you know, being dark skin, nappy hair, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, you're worthy, you're beautiful. But I say that to anybody. Wow. What a delivery of medicine around that card. And how beautiful that that woman could be part of the catalyst to help that vision to bloom open in you. Yeah, it's and her Nikki Kasapian. I just looked her up. Yeah, Nikki in the K-A-S-S-A-P-I-A. In. that's mm. who she was she probably doesn't remember me from adam but yeah she was she 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 really did it wow that's beautiful Rashonda. thank you for that you're welcome, you're uh, welcome. so Rashonda, thank you so much for being on the pod you've just really brought the heat in so many ways <laughs> i feel very uh very like two feet taller it was just beautiful um so this will be on the liner notes of the podcast, but just just cause where can people find you? Oh my gosh, I'm everywhere. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> stay, well, my my blog, my website is staywoketarot.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram, I'm staywoketarot. Um, Twitter, I'm staywoketarot. And if people are, you know, wondering, wait, she calls herself Rash online. That's just my nickname. Um, you can say Rashonda, you can say whatever. People can find me. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) That's where you can find me. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your light, your wisdom, your clarity. Like, it's just been such a gift. It was beautiful to get to talk to you. Oh, Lindsay, thank you so much for inviting me. I really, I really enjoyed this. I really did. Thank you so much. You're so welcome.